kind of a special away team podcast we have the usual suspects myself phil willow and james holis hey, yo. And, and writer for press basketball and uh former uh hoops lounger for those who remember me from those uh previous days justin rowan justin and james how you guys doing this this fine uh thursday night i'm doing good i i, I hope i hope nobody remembers anything from the uh the hoops lounge days because i was as trash then as i am now but with a clean slate at least they give you the benefit of the doubt I, at least oh, you, we all remember that at least you acknowledge, your, at least you, you, you acknowledge your trashness so i appreciate you for doing <laughs> that, Justin. oh i appreciate you Honestly, too james it's, it's a pleasure to be potting with you guys again yeah, so, uh, so for guys who, are, who have been following these guys on Twitter, we know there's always some good Twitter wars, a lot of good info going back and forth. And speaking of going back and forth, uh, the info in the NBA is nonstop. And uh, as always, James has got some little tidbits to get the ball rolling, get the blood pumping in the game. Uh, what do you got on top? <laughs> Phil's trying to avoid the name that he gave it. So we're going we're to call this the segment that shall remain nameless then. Um, big news, of course, was Derrick Rose uh, before a game of his, his New York Knicks. They needed his scoring. They needed him out there. He was at the shoot-around, and then game time, he was nowhere to be found. Rose goes AWOL. Uh, the Knicks get smashed by the Pelicans. Uh, it, it was a little touchy and a little sensitive subject at first, but it came out that he had some kind of quote-unquote family issues. He apologized to his teammates, but he still just said, hey, I need some alone time and uh, made no excuses for why he didn't just shoot off a text or uh, hit somebody on Facebook or even tweet that he wasn't coming to work. Phil, you decide just not to show up to work. How did your boss respond? Uh, I'm getting written up right away. I'm, uh, I may even get suspended. I think that's kind of how most jobs go. Um, I don't even think it's a close game. Like, look, I can tell my boss this and this happened. Look, if it's serious enough... Maybe it's just a written thing. I'm not getting suspended, but I mean, I ain't talking. But but the thing is, at the end of the day, it's handled internally, and I think that's the difference, right? Like my job is not external, where you guys are all going to hear about how that happens. Where I, in the NBA, you will. I guess my question is, do you think the 200, like the thing is, I heard that they fine him two hundred thousand uh, dollars. Is that enough? And uh, I mean, do you think there's really any excuse to not at least send a text? Hey, boss, brb, lol, I'll be back tomorrow or something. Well, I think he owes them a lot more money than that. Uh, they got to recoup their funds somehow, but they—they uh, <laughs> uh, uh, de- uh, like I think he definitely owes them. I mean, I mean that's just standard, right? Like if you're not going to show for something, it's just courtesy. And right. and, and this team t- took a chance; they traded for you and is paying you. So, well, beyond that, can- I, I think this just shows what a joke the organization is. Like they didn't suspend him right off the bat, or they haven't suspended him at all. They they fine him. I, I just think there's a lack of accountability there. Derek Rose is absent. Phil Jackson's not even around the team all the time. I, I think from the top down, uh, the Knicks are just a mess. I like some of the stuff they've done, but that trade's just been absolutely disastrous. Um, it, Rose is just a bad fit there. Honestly, they might have been better off if he just didn't show up every day and they ran with Brandon Jennings. Um, it's, it's, it's a headache, and honestly, they're, they're, they're not going to keep him next year. They're, they're going to Speak- let Rose walk, and someone like the Kings is going to pay him. Well, speaking of a mess, uh, the Indiana Pacers go oh. over to England, 
have a game today. Paul George de- debut he uh, debuts his PG one, his Nike signature shoe, with actually has his his two K generated likeness inside. Um, they get trounced by almost thirty, one forty to one twelve by Denver, the lowly Denver Nuggets. He in his brand new spanking Nikes has ten points on two for twelve shooting. Um, not the way you wanted to debut your shoe, Justin. <laughs> Paul George has been great for a couple years. He got injured, came back. Great story. This year, he's been kind of subpar. Is he making all-star squad this year? I think he still makes all-star. Indiana's still in a playoff spot, and he's kind of the lone reason for that. Um, Indiana hasn't really lived up to expectations for a lot of people, but uh, I think a slow start was kind of expected, especially when you're moving uh, Jan Mahimi to starting, uh, or not Jan Mahimi, but moving on from him to Miles Turner as a full-time center. Young guys take a while to figure out the game, especially defensively. Uh, You're seeing that with Minnesota, with Carl Anthony Towns, and you're seeing it with Turner. Um, I, I think George has done a lot. He, he's asked more than a lot of other guys and to get Indiana into that playoff spot. So I still think he ends up making the team, although he's, I doubt he's going to get voted in either by the fans, players, or coaches. I love the guy, man. And, hey, Phil, you tell me, what, where does he rank in the East right now as far as, you know, I think last year some people would say he was arguably the second-best player in the East. Where do you rank him right now? I mean, I'm probably saying at least top five. I just think he's got the ability to do everything. Like, he, like he's like poor man's LeBron James on some level. He's got a shot. He's got handles. He's six nine. I I I have trouble putting any as much as I love Kyrie, maybe Love or or a bunch of these other Demar Lowry. Like I just love the the complete game he brings, and I don't hold this all against him. I mean, look, it doesn't matter the sport when guys travel to the UK to play. They play worse. It doesn't yeah. matter for football, your NBA. Uh- and the problem, and at the same the problem time, with that is he's been kind of disinterested all season, and just recently he's kind of turned it around. So if, if this was like a one-off kind of thing, I'd, 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 I'd wouldn't you be too though? Like, like if your starting rookie center is having like ups and downs, and Turner's, you know, uh, your point guard's not playing as good as you were. You're, you're like, still a pro. Like, you're still a pro. You that, have to show call, up. If we're gonna call him elite, yeah. If we're gonna call him elite, you get you gotta hold him to those standards. And and it's your job to hold those young players to higher standards. You're supposed to show that consistency and be a role model and be that veteran presence. That's what teams look for when they bring in veteran guys. Paul George knows how to win, and he needs to kind of set the tone there. But I, I don't know if this London case game is just a case of not breaking in shoes. You, you know you can't get those shoes fresh out of the box and just play in them you, you got to wear them around the house a few times really break them in so maybe he just failed to do that well i, <laughs> I don't know what his problem is he needs to get it together because I, I got high, i had high hopes for paul george and the pacers this year and, and at least he gets gets himself on track but they're not gonna go anywhere mm-hmm. um speaking of not going anywhere the brow's not going anywhere he's, he's at the bench tonight uh, as the pelicans uh beat uh the nets He's out with a hip injury, and it's sad because this is not even his fault, and it's not like he's injury-prone. He was on a fast break as uh, the Pelicans were beating up on New York. Kylo Quinn comes up behind him, wasn't making really playing the ball, just smashes him to the ground. He hurts his hip. Here's my hoop idea, and Phil, tell me if you agree with this. If you injure somebody on a non-basketball kind of flagrant play, and like they get a concussion or they got hurt their hip, and they, and, and they got to set out for three games, you sit those same three games without pay. Why shouldn't yeah. they do that in the NBA? I've been saying that for a while, but I think – Obviously, there has to be a review that it was intentional um, um, on all those, right? Because, sure. like, it can't just be one of those incidental contacts and you have to go out with they. Because, look, look, it, as much as people want to say it's not a contact sport, we, we all know better. But, but yeah, if some guy's actually going down there and, and hurting a guy, absolutely. But the same thing is, like, like a guy like Kylo Quinn, 
Like, like even if that happened, like, like that's not like, like, like tit for tat, right? Like, well, Anthony no, Davis, it doesn't matter. I but I think, I think if you do that to a player and they know, okay, I can foul, but if I'm doing something stupid, like, yeah, he, like he wasn't even close to the ball. He just kind of hammered him across his shoulder to stop the fast break. You're already, be- you're already beat by a million. Players don't come to see you foul, Kyle Quinn. They come to watch players like Anthony Davis play. Yeah. And yeah, so if he's out for three or four games, you should make it. He can't even sit on the bench. Make him stay home for three or four games without pay until Anthony Davis is clear to come back and play. Yeah, what do you think if, if it's intentional or if it's reckless. Because uh, I, I think it's tough to prove intent, but if something is just dangerous and you really are putting other people in jeopardy, um, like what Matthew Delavadova does, what uh, Kelly Olenek does guy. when he pulls out Kevin Love's arm, I, I think that type of stuff you, you have to kind of get out of the game because guys aren't wearing padding. They are exposed. They're in vulnerable positions. It's an athletic game. And if you do things to endanger someone, I think there has to be a little more uh, tougher consequences for that. One of the most dangerous plays there is, uh, and I, I only pretty much only see young or uh, young or inexperienced players do this, but fouling from behind on fast break when a guy's going up. If you push someone from behind, that's how you tear an ACL. I've seen it in it's person. Worst, I, I see it I all that. the time. Or um, undercutting on a dunk and having him land funny. Right, yeah. right. You you have to be more careful. You have to be more mindful that it is a physical game and guys are in vulnerable positions all the time. Speaking of funny if business, we... and speaking of funny business, Jaja Pachulia. Right now, he has <laughs> as many all-star votes as DeMar DeRozan and Lowry combined. He has almost more than Chris Paul, Dame, Dame and, and Paul George all combined. What, if anything, should the NBA do about this? Uh, Justin, and then if you're Zaza, if you're Zaza, and they come to you and say, "All right, you're going to be in an All Star game," what? How do you react? You're Zaza, and what should the NBA do about this? Well, I believe Zaza actually spoke out um, earlier today and said that he de- doesn't deserve to be an All Star. I think it's a good thing that the league stepped in and changed the voting this season um, to correct issues like this, where fan vote only counts for fifty percent. I doubt any of the media coaches or anyone that's voting for the other 50% are going to vote for Zaza and get him in. So I, I really don't see him winding up being an all-star this year. Um, I guess it's fun. Um, if, if it was a good kind of a good story vote, like Kobe Bryant late in his career or Allen Iverson, maybe you'd get a little more sympathy from the coaches and, and they bring him in. But um, I, I think the league's already done what it needs to do to step in and prevent this. Although, moving forward in other cases where the fans have voted for someone that maybe isn't as deserving, but that's where the population kind of wants to see that player, um, I think coaches have to be a little mindful of what the fans want because it ultimately is for the fans and it's for entertainment. But when it's clearly a joke or a prank like Zaza, I think they kind of have to step in and, and prevent that. Yeah, but see, that becomes a slippery slope, right? You're saying it's clearly a joke. I mean... Again, if that many people want to see it, it's hard to just say, "Oh, well, you guys are joking. We can't do it." But still, they—I think they should probably almost—I almost, I hate to say it, but they should almost like eliminate fan voting altogether, because because yep. it's kind of thing. It's ridiculous. Um, and last thing, this is all the rage. It was on the the ESPN front page today, and uh, I, I don't really—I don't—I think it's speak for all three of us. We don't really follow college basketball at all, mm-hmm. but you got to sit and take uh, take notice. Uh, Markel Fultz and and Lonzo Ball. These guys, I mean, we, we say it a lot, and you know, there's a lot of guys who come through college ranks. Buddy, 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 heel, buddy, uh, heel last year, uh, he can really score the ball. But these guys look like a, a whole different animal. Fultz is averaging 22 six and six over a steal and a half, shooting almost over 40 percent from three. Uh, he's six four. He's only 18 year. 
18, 18 years old. Ball, 15, 6, and 8. Over a steal and a half. Both these guys are shooting over 43% from three. Uh, Ball is 6'6". Six, six. He can play the, the one or the two, and he's, he's only 19 years old. So this is going to be a quick one. Last one, right? Taking it home. Justin, who you got? Fultz or Ball? I'm going with Fultz. I think he's the more complete player. Um, he, he shows more on the defensive side of the floor. I also like his stroke a lot better. He, he shoots well off the dribble. Uh, there isn't a hitch or anything, whereas Ball... Uh, he kind of has like that Kevin Martin dip down and under shot. I, I think he's going to be able to work through that. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, but I just think the, the higher upsides with Fultz and he, he's got the more complete all-around game. All, although, unlike last year, I, I think this year really does have a lot of difference makers. And mm-hmm. um, e- even if you screw up, you're not going to screw up that badly. You're, you're still going to get a, a really great player uh, in the top half of the draft. Unless you're Danny Ainge, you're gonna pick some Russian, uh, you know, two guard who's six foot four. Oh, and- James, I, I gotta ask you this: What are the odds with the Brooklyn pick swap that Brooklyn drafts a better player than the Celtics this year in the first round, assuming they keep the uh, pick? I would, I'd give them almost <laughs> even odds. Phil, who you got? Who you got? Fultz or Ball? To be very honest, I'm not even that high on either one of these. I watched oh, a lot geez. of tape, oh, and, my and God, these guys Phil. failed a lot of my eye tests. Oh, my but God. I'm gonna say Fultz because I think. The defense matters, but I think he plays out of control a lot, and he's super tiny. Like he's kind of short. Like, no, he's like, not. like he's to six me, four. yeah, whatever. If you look at his measurements, he's six four. Like, like he's he's six three and a bit with shoes. Like that's not tiny barely. for a point guard. That's like that's Russell Westbrook. But he, the way he plays, I. I I, I don't know if he has a decision making or the real passing to be a point guard. Like I, I kind of see him as like a, what did I call it? Like. Um, uh, Eric Gordon meets uh, 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 who's my boy from Chicago. Why am I blanking right now? Uh, uh, not Chicago, Houston. Uh, who's a guy who hurt Westbrook? Why am I thinking Patrick Beverly? Blah, blah, blah. Beverly. Like I think he's a mix of those two guys, oh, and I think God. he's going to be good, but not much better than that. I like Ball. I think he's the safer pick, but I think his his defense is going to hurt a bit. I, I I'm going to have to go for Ball, even though I detest his shot. I like his decision making. He just looks more in control. He's a bit taller. I think he can play both positions, and and I think he's the smarter player. I think he's the high IQ you know guy. And, and Phil, last week you 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 dominated last week in the trade talk, but now you're back to your you're back to your inconsistencies again. I, I might have, have to, to say see you back, them play. I, I might send you back to the bench, man. I might send you back. To the bench. <laughs> that's it for the that's it for the news notes around the league, man. I'm just what I'm not impressed by the eye test with either one of them. Are you insane? And, and this is coming after you hyped up this past draft, which I told you day after day we would have private conversations, and I tell you that this is just a trash, okay. trash, I'll trash. I'll take a moment. And I, Malcolm I, Brogdon I, I, is, or what, however you pronounce his name, <laughs> is the best rookie that was drafted this year. Go oh. Bucks. <laughs> okay, I'll take a moment and actually give you full credit for that one, Justin. Uh, um, I totally deserve this. Look. Look, both these guys could have things, and look, if Fultz can uh, uh, get it under control, I I just worry about it. Look, I know it's positionless basketball. I just kind of look at it this way: if if I'm putting Fultz on a team that has one of those big point guard playmakers, like if he goes to Philly, I love Fultz way more. But uh, but if it's a team that needs a ball handler, I, I'm taking ball. Neither one's 20 years old. They both have really good size to be a combo guard or play one or two, and both of them are shooting over 40% from college three. I don't know what you're talking And both rebound strong and both are good passers. So I'm not going to answer the question, but that's 
fill your nuts. <laughs> so go, let's go, right, let's well, go. Yeah, we we, well, we took too much, time, to we took too much time on the news. I think so. It's that's my I, fault I, for letting you talk, Phil. There you go, as always. But look, okay, talking about point guards still, and we're talking about the back to the NBA. Uh, we're talking about the big point guards in the East, and we're just gonna, quickly going to go over it. Like, like not every just who deserves to be a starting point guard in the All-Star game. Like, I'm not saying who's going to get voted in by the fans, because I agree with you. I think that's all a joke. But, well, I think the whole All-Star game is kind of a joke, to be honest. But who deserves to be there? And... I'm going to go with this one because uh, and I'm going to sound like a homer and it doesn't really matter because neither one of you guys can whoop me and California has better weather so I can say what I want to say. Um, you do. Isaiah Thomas, man. I mean, we can say what you want to say about the guy and this has been my thing with him. He's five foot nine. And I've been I've been harping that probably oh, too much. But I mean, every time he, he does something like a 50 point game, every time he has a 40 point game, every time he has 20 points in the, in the fourth quarter, he erases more and more doubts. And this is not a case of a guy who's just up there chucking. I mean, this season, uh, he's, he's shooting about 44% from the floor, 36% from three, which isn't great. But, I mean, again, he's he's the lead guard of a, the number three, almost number two team in the East. Um, he's getting better and better every year. He's just hitting his prime. And he's averaging 28 and six. Not very many players, and shooting 90% from the free throw line. Not very many players you can say are doing that. So he doesn't have a Bradley Beal. He doesn't have a DeMar DeRozan. He doesn't have um, uh, an all-around – well, he does have an all-around team. I would say like Kemba Walker, but I think he's playing better than Kemba right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. think he definitely deserves a start, and I, I'd probably say him and Lowry. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I, I'm not even going to get really offended by that um, because the East point guards this year are just absolutely – they've been crazy. Like um Kyle Lowry Kyrie Irving Isaiah Thomas John Wall Kemba Walker all are having seasons worthy of starting in the all-star game um Kyle Lowry I think is the one that's kind of indisputable because when you look at who Toronto's second and third best players are um at least by general consensus it's DeRozan and Jonas Valanciunas Toronto's better with both of those guys off the floor when your second and third best players aren't the keys to your success when you're looking at on-off numbers, um, I, I think that goes to show just how big of a piece Kyle Lowry is. Um, so I, I'd say Lowry's probably the one indisputable one. I'm fine with Isaiah Thomas. I'd say Kyrie Irving for the second starter. Um, oh, my God. You, you got a guy that's averaging 24-6. and six. Um, He's best team in the East. Uh, obviously that has a lot to do with LeBron James but unlike Isaiah Thomas Kyrie the team is better when Kyrie's on the floor rather than off I I don't think people should read into that too much I I really don't want to build up one player by attacking another Um, but obviously Kyrie shooting almost 47% from the floor 42% from three 24 and four um, he's a much better defender than Isaiah Thomas Um, it's I don't think he can go wrong, but because of the team success, I, I think that has factored into voters' minds and coaches' votes in the past. And I think just if you're going consistency, going with consistency rather, then it would be Lowry and Kyrie as the two starters. Well, I mean, real quick, I mean, I, I know Justin, I mean, I know Phil wants to weigh in on this, but you're saying consistency, and I'm seeing that uh, Isaiah hasn't scored less than 20, 21 points since halfway through December. He's averaging almost 32, uh, 32 and six since since then, and he's shooting fifty percent from the floor, forty three percent from three. 
And that's, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about a month. No, now. no, no, no. So, and as, as I said, I, I didn't want to bring one guy down um, to build up another. Consistency, I was saying, with how coaches ha- have voted in the past, which guys they've selected. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put the knives away. I'll put the knives away. Yeah. No, I, Isaiah's <laughs> been absolutely phenomenal. There, there's uh, You shouldn't disparage what he's done. And I, I think people that do um, look at the advanced numbers and that too heavily – are kind of overlooking how great he is and the pressure he takes off of that Boston team with his scoring. Yeah, he didn't have a LeBron, and he's, you know, <clears throat> but I'm not going to tear down <laughs> Curry. I'm not going to tear down Curry for being in the perfect <laughs> situation and not having to do much because of LeBron. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead, Phil. Well, I got I got to say Lowry, like you said, and then for the second point guard, I got to go to Milwaukee for a certain Australian Matthew Delavadova with his uh, <laughs> I just had to say that one. Uh, I hey, hate to we, say it, but hey Ryan, go ahead and put the big ha ha right there because that was one of, that was one of his jokes. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, just for degree of uh, difficulty, I, I got to give it to Thomas uh, over Irving there. Uh, when the season was starting, the yes. first little bit. Uh, um, I was kind of like, like I, I was actually really thinking that Kemba was going to maintain, uh, but Kemba kind of slid off there. Um, so yeah, it's got to be those two. I mean, he just has less to work with, and, and in a system where you know he's gunning it up, and and Lowry is just the the, the everything. I mean, look, those teams are second and third in 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 the East, and I know the East is not as good as the West, but it still matters that you're up there. And when you talk about John Wall, John Wall is sitting at 500 ball at, in the eighth spot, and there's not a whole lot after that. I mean, it it's kind of a tough one. Look, uh, like I get Kyrie's up there, but to me, it hurts that you play with two of those star players. Like as good as I think he is, I just think yeah. But why why is that the case with Kyrie, and that's never the case for players on the Warriors or any other good team? Like why is it only that? teammates of LeBron get that criticism because LeBron James has proven that no matter where he goes he's taking you to the finals he did it with hands down uh, the best player in the league last 10 years for the last 10 probably almost yeah I would almost say more but the last 10 11 years he's been the best player in the league and in 2007 he he drug a team of almost D-leaguers and and kind of castaways and young guys who are unproven to the finals okay and he did it so so, is he the MVP um, I know he's right up because there. Because you, you got you to gotta be consistent. No, I, I, no I don't have to do anything because, because MVP is just about as much as narrative. And, and honestly, voters have have LeBron fatigue. This will be his seventh straight finals. And you know it as well as I do. He's not playing as hard as he can. Even no. though he's playing great and he's awesome. But we, you know he's, he's not doing what uh, – again, the fact he's playing with Kyrie and Kevin Love means he's not doing what Russell Westbrook's doing. He's not doing what James Harden's doing because he doesn't have to. Right. But because they didn't have to, they, they're still putting up these immense numbers, and um, it's it, it does matter. I mean, we, we try to, you know, a lot of people just say, oh, we're too smart to just go by counting stats. But counting stats matter. Scoring matters, rebounding matters, assists matter to, to voters when they see stuff like the MVP. So I get it, you, you know, but it doesn't have to be either or. We can say LeBron mm-hmm. is great, and honestly, if you wanted to, you could say he's the MVP every year. Of course. he's he's. I, I, w- I wouldn't be upset if he won every year because he's so awesome. But right. that's not what voters look at. Right. No, and... Uh, let's go because I'm checking the shot clock and we're kind of winding down the first half. Um, I want to throw you guys a curveball here. What do you think the chances are that because uh, we're talking two point guards that two point guards land as the starting guards uh, like and 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 get that over the uh, you know the Jimmy Butlers and uh, well, Jimmy Butlers like Jimmy Butler is listed as a forward, not a guard. I mean, if Jimmy Butler was listed as a guard, he's starting because Jimmy Butler's well, been the se- Jimmy Butler's been the second best player in the East. Third. Uh, uh, yeah, it's I guess. 
Yeah, but um, no, I, I agree with you. If if we say he's the two guard, I, I got to take Jimmy Butler because he's been. Oh, I hate the score app. It's 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 telling me he's a shooting guard. My bad. Well, either way, my point is like, yeah, I'm with him though. But if we're saying he's a two guard, then the, the point is moot, and it's good. he's gonna start in the two guard. Yeah. If we're saying this is a point guard, I think it's a good chance we get two point guard starting. Yes, I agree. Okay, so uh, uh, those guys we just mentioned, uh, uh, whether it's Thomas or Kyrie, they're, uh, they're all starting over Demar. Essentially, is what we're saying. Oh hell Demar, yeah. Yeah, Demar's been great, and it's best. He was legitimately doing what people think he didn't like how he how they view him the first two or three weeks, and he still has a flashback game every now and then. But I think he's like a net negative fourteen right now. Yeah, and that's like that. That's in part for his career where they play better when he's or yeah, net the, the offense and better. defense is better when he sits. Like that's right, that's and somewhat that's, telling. that's it is what it is because I mean you need somebody who can go out there and get buckets for you. But I mean he, he's he's great, but he's not he's not Jimmy Butler. He's he's not Isaiah Thomas. He's not uh, he, he's not Kyrie. So, mm-hmm. but wow, God, the way he closed out Boston the other night, I see that kind of thing. I think all right, I I I dig it. I can see what people talk about. Yeah, no, he's a stud. But uh, speaking of three more studs that are coming to the NBA and making some noise, we're going to catch that on the second half. Uh, we got the same trifecta of Justin, James, and myself. We're going to be breaking down uh, Joel Embiid, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Carl Anthony Towns. Catch you on this other side. What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? The away team? And the away team, those guys, that's the away team. All right, we're back for the second half of the away team podcast. Me, my man, Sporty Phil, and our guest, uh, Busted Knee Justin. What's up, Justin? And we're, we're talking about all-stars and great players in the league today. And it, we got a topic that, I mean, we're talking about all-stars and voting. And Zaza's up there where he shouldn't be. Somebody who's trying to get up there, and I think they should be, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been amazing. Uh, Philly's one, four, five. And uh, right now he is he is the the league darling, and it's not just it's not just hype, it's not just vines, it's not just uh, you know all hype and, and no no backbone to it. He's averaging in only 25 minutes a night. He's averaging 19 and almost eight, which is insane. If you go to per 36, he's just averaging 28 and 11 with three assists and three blocks, and he's shooting 46% from the floor, 37% from three. This kid. In his first year at 22, after missing two seasons with the knee injuries and the, and the assorted injuries, he has been dominant. And, and I think, personally, he deserves to be an all-star. So that's what we're going to start with. First of all, Joel Embiid is an all-star. How does that make you guys feel? I'm, I'm fine with it. Really happy, and I really hope he comes to uh, 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 to New Orleans if he makes it with, uh, with Rihanna on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joel Embiid's everything that, that you want. That would be so good. Every, Joel Embiid's everything you want from All-Star Weekend. He, it's a showcase of the league. He's an elite talent. Um, I, I had said this prior to the draft. Uh, if he didn't get hurt, the Cavaliers obviously were going to draft Joel Embiid. Um, he was the, the top of the list prior to the injury. Um, I doubt they would have traded him, but he was the clear best top prospect in that draft over Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins, over Jabari Parker, over everybody, because mm-hmm. people can't do what he does at that size. It, it's just absolutely ridiculous. He he might be seven three. Like you, you look at him in photos and, and next to guys, he he really is that tall. Oh, he's way bigger than Noel and all them. He's oh yeah, way he bigger they said, than, yeah, they said than he, 6'10 Simmons. Way bigger. Yeah, they said he was still growing once he got drafted. So I I believe he's about seven three. He's a massive guy. He, he's the future of the NBA because the future of the NBA isn't necessarily small ball. It's having five guys that can do everything, and that's what Joel Embiid he's does. Shooting thirty seven. 
37% from three this year. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Speaking of future NBA, we got a couple other guys. Carl Anthony Towns is, is in down in Minnesota. After last year, people said, oh, he's going to be a top five player next year. Minnesota's off to a shaky start. But his numbers look pretty good. Carl Anthony Towns is balling. He's averaging 22 and 12. I mean, you, you can't deny the guy's talent. He moves like a small forward out there. In New York, you got Chris F. Porzingis, the unicorn. He took that leap this year, and he, I mean, the, again, he's only 21. Him and Carl Anthony are 21. He's averaging almost 21 and 8 uh, with a couple blocks. And uh, let's be real. If he was anywhere else, I think he'd be averaging maybe 25 and 12 because he's he's with two ball-dominant uh, superstars who think they're better than him, <laughs> which they're not. Um, you got guys like uh, Nikolai uh, Jokic over in Denver. His numbers are pretty good, too. He's averaging, you know, and these are per 36s I'm, I'm spitting out. He's at 19 and 12 with almost six assists. He's a great passer. Not the athlete these other guys are. Miles Turner in Indiana, but we're going to talk focus on those three. Embiid, uh, Chris Stapps, and and and, uh, and, and Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, I want you to rank those for me. One, two, and three. Are we ranking in terms of the seasons they're having or their upside? Them. I want you to rank them one, two, or three. I'm going to go with Towns and Bede and then Porzingis. All right. Now, what 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 gives what gives Town the edge in your eye? To me, I, I think Towns and Embiid have similar upside in that they can do absolutely everything. Um, Towns does have better vision as a passer. I think they both have tremendous defensive potential. Um, Embiid's a little further along than Towns is, but uh, I think when you factor him being two years older, having um, an opportunity to really sit on the bench and study film with a pro team, that that does help. Um, I think both are franchise changers. Like These are both potential MVP guys, um, which is why I put both of them over Porzingis. Um, but Towns just being uh, a more well-rounded player, you don't have the injury concerns that Embiid has, which I know it's uh, it's unfair to label it, but when you've had the injuries that he's had, that's always going to be something that's on the back of people's mind. So just a more well-rounded game, younger, and um, not no health concerns yet. Uh, that's what gives Towns the edge for me. So, Phil, he, he makes a valid point, right? But, I mean, when you look at it, I think Carl Anthony Towns has been actually one of the worst defenders in the league by uh, defensive uh, real, pl- real plus minus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been he's been bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at it, and, and Joel leads them all out of those three guys in true shooting percentage and player efficiency rating. Um, let's see, let's see if you have a win share. And do you guys know um, out of the three who's the worst three-point shooter? Probably Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, who do you think, Justin? The worst three-point shooter of the all three? Probably Towns. Chris Stapps. Mm. Oh. Yep. Uh, uh, three, uh, 37% for Joel, uh, 340 for uh, Towns, and 33 and a third percent for Chris Stapps. Poor Zingas. Hmm. That's nuts. It's weird, right? Because uh, you'd think out of all the stats, that's the one he would have dominated. I guess. Uh, I guess my main thing with all that is, does it really matter? Because we know they're so young. They're and the fact that they can shoot mm-hmm. him and, and out there, it's, it's crazy. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So, so how do you how do you balance out what what uh, what Justin's saying, Phil, with the fact that he's been such a bad defender this year, and the fact that Minnesota has three guys averaging twenty points a game, three young guys who are with a great defensive coach, and they they just can't win ball games, and they they're getting their, they're getting their butt spanked a lot. Look, I I think they're young, and it's easier than the, than the defensive side, especially on a team chemistry bit, and you don't have enough veterans. I mean, his percentages and all their percentages there in Minnesota are actually really, really good. But 
I, I agree with Justin in the way that Towns is probably your safer superstar. But I think when you look at, at the league and and all the guys who have ever come through it, who, have, who, who we're still talking about, they are just... just dominant at one or two things like uh, whether it's magic at the point yes i'm giving you props whether it's shack in the middle you know that there oh, you saw that one right so so in my mind yeah. i rank them mb towns Kristaps because because ah, my man I'll if, if joel Embiid stays healthy and you kind of have to assume for this he kind of does I just think he has look. He's taller. He's a better three-point shooter already. I think he's a better de- he's a better defender. I think he'll be more of a beast in the paint. I I think Towns is the safer like he can get you like like, like if you're drafting players in 2K, he's that guy who'll get to like your 92, 93. You know, Embiid's like like uh, hmm. uh, like. Well, so uh, hold on. Let me see if I got this right. So you're saying that while Embiid's like the bad boy motorcycle that everybody mm-hmm. all the women want, that you're saying Towns is the is the is the jock the safe pick? Is that what you're saying? He's like just a safe pick. The guy's gonna I think Towns him? is going to be the safer pick compared to MB because I I don't think you deal with that injury risk because on top of being really big, he does play a little bit more above the rim than Towns, uh, being MB'd. Uh, um, I think Chris Tapps, as much as I like him, is going to need to be in a situation that just maximizes him, and that's a tougher thing. Like 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 Embiid right now, you could put him in almost any system, and I think he would do really well. Uh, Towns maybe a little bit quicker, like you said, could play some power forward. Um, but M- at the end of the day, if I'm maximizing all three of these guys, I'm like, what's the best case scenario? Assuming they're healthy, I think Embiid's the best player out of that. And I'm gonna agree, but I, I gotta be honest and I gotta be fair here. And and, the, and to be fair, the caveat is, Embiid has absolutely free reign to do whatever he wants uh, with that that future Philly team. And it's amazing they won four out of five. Uh, while Kyrie Towns is sharing the ball with two other high usage guys. Uh, I mean, look, just usage wise alone, Embiid's at 36% usage rate. Kyrie Towns at 27, which is really good, and Chris at 24, which is really good. But he's at 36. He's just doing whatever he wants out there because mm-hmm. you know. But you could that, use that, that same argument in his favor, right? Now. Because more teams, uh, but, teams uh, know he point. has that's to do point. all that, where Towns can kind of chill out and let Levine and Wiggins do their thing, and he doesn't have to be the top scorer every game. If if Joel Embiid, uh, that's true. like if they want to win, Embiid has to be a top two player on that team every game. Well, I'm just saying for the fact that like we're spouting out numbers and talking about the stats. I think that, like, especially, I feel bad for Porzingis, the unicorn. I think he potentially probably could be the best one out of all three of them. We don't really know what he his limits are because, you know, Derrick Rose is shooting the ball 18 times a night. Melo's doing whatever he wants right now. And sometimes he's the, he's the, he's the third option there. It's And it kind of sucks for him because he's so great. But that's all right. I mean, obviously, he's still shining. So, um, I, I can see the Carlton Town pick, Justin. Obviously, he's great. Uh, I just mm-hmm. my, my thing is the way he's kind of plateaued this year. Last season, uh, and of course, it's only year two, right? But you still you kind of want to see an improvement arc in some things. And it seems like while his numbers are better, I, I, I'm not seeing him be so much better. Well, Does some of his numbers sense? are better, right? No, I, 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 I has gone I, from 54 to 4, uh, 480. is three point from 340 to 310. I mean, it's... And like his field, his free throws about the same. His rebounds are up, but his blocks are down. I mean, like he's taking uh, uh, was it like three more shots a game, scoring three more points. Like I don't know. Like is it really better? Like like I'm kind of uh, no. It it definitely is better. He, he's playing a bigger, more consistent role. Honestly, my biggest thing, especially with defense, and a big reason why 
anyone that talked to me before the year knew that I thought Minnesota was going to suck is young players aren't good. Like, they take time, especially on defense, to learn the game. Um, Tristan Thompson, who's a good defender now, he, he wasn't even a good defender. Like, he wasn't a net positive defender, even though he played good individual defense since he came into the league, until basically 2015. Like, it takes guys a long time. They can play good individual defense one-on-one. But to understand team concepts, rotations, where they need to be, um, all the different looks that a team can throw at you, that takes time. That takes film study. That takes um, maturity. Um, I, I think that's an advantage Embiid had with sitting out those years. He, he got to really study the game. Um, it, I, it's not a, a knock or anything, but I just think in the next two years, player, right? like, like, approaches Tom. that age. I, I mean, that yeah, the fact is he didn't play last year, but and these guys were on the court playing. That has to be worth leaps and bounds more than somebody. Oh, no, it, it absolutely watching. does, but you, you also don't get it graded on the curve. Like, in two years, Towns is going to be the same age that Embiid is now. And within that period of time they're pretty close now if you assume towns improves a lot defensively like he, he's going to improve as a player he has the potential to be better than Embiid is uh, as he's about to turn 23 like I, I'm just saying I, I wouldn't really write it off and, and those prime development years where you do see players make the biggest leaps I don't think I'm able at this time to really just write that off Oh, and it, it's this is one of those things. Where, honestly, I hate when people say this, but you can't pick wrong. You, there's no wrong choice here. No, there really is. But my thing is like, I, I mean, we've seen Carlton Towns dominate for stretches, and and he can be amazing. He goes in these runs where he's just pretty much unstoppable. He's a young beast. But like the other night, I mean, Philly was down ten with two minutes and some change left, and, and Embiid went bonkers. He hit the three. He uh, he blocked a shot. You know, he was he was everywhere, man. And I, he hit a move I, I don't think I've ever seen. A guy even close to side did he 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 hit it a he did a crossover into a euro step and then hit a floater and got fouled by Joakim Noah and I, I've never seen anything like it before in my life and all three of them do that kind of thing but you know he's seven foot three two hundred eighty pounds man it, it's it's remarkable and as, as he gets stronger it's like don't forget he's only twenty two about to be twenty three so his prime's two three years away too so I mean I get you what you're saying about improvement arc but um I, I, it's 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 a fun conversation but this is one where literally. Now, here's here's a question for you guys. Just imagine if Philly had drafted Porzingis and now they had this year they had Chris Depps and Porzingis. No, 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 no. That. Don't tell that to Phil. He, because they have a nice little slogan that says trust oh. the process and their strategy. So you mean was instead of Okafor you drafted a guy no, who no, could no, play no. power yeah. forward next to the guy you drafted yes. twice over oh. right before to play center. Hmm. Or who? Draft the best player available, which was their strategy. But because they had a, a saying, are we that sure Okafor was the best, player, the best available? player available? What? No, well, no Porzingis was the best player awesome. available. The, the, you're, I'm, I'm saying you're a process defender, yeah. and just because they had that nice little saying, I am, I am too. Ugh, I'm a process no. defender. Yeah. Now here's now this is I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into the 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 conspiracy theory that. That and this has been said, and you can find the little articles, and of course we'll never know that Hinky wanted to get Chris Dapp's Porzingis, and ownership was oh, dead yeah. set and said they were too, they were too scared about you know the old the Eurobus pick, and they had to go with the, the safest, the college kid mm -hmm. who's great, and they've been talking about it all year, and they they kind of forced that on him, just so, like I mean, all thirty teams we, we, wanted we, to draft Draymond Green. All thirty teams wanted to draft <laughs> Draymond Green now that he's been successful. Um, 
I'm not buying conspiracy. I'll just say this as as a, as a, as a hey, from watching as Hinky is a serious analytics guy, he had to have looked at at uh, Joel Embiid and seen I mean, not Joel Embiid at uh, yeah. at Okafor, at Okafor and known. Yes, the guy can score in college. Yes, he's a big man in college. He does not fit the modern NBA because look, Philly doesn't want to post up. He never wanted to, you know. So, sure, did he miss? Of course, that's all you can really say. But um. I, yeah, man, I'm I'm a hinky I'm a hinky hinky file, so I'm thinking that oh. hinky must have. That's probably part oh, of my the my mind is well. just going crazy now. I'm thinking in the modern NBA, you got two seven three guys, <laughs> like at the the four and five, just bombing threes, and next to like these like six nine power forwards and centers. That'd be a weird team. <laughs> I mean, just the fact you had those two, they. I would say this. With those two, and then you could have kept just T.J. McConnell and Sergio Rodriguez or whoever it is. Um, they're they might make the playoffs in two, three years. Oh, just yeah. those two, and then like the bums they got around just play now. Keep away, you know. at the three. <laughs> hey, those two with Covington at the three, and then you just fill in with whoever else you want. You whatever. You don't have to get a Ben Simmons might. And you still had uh, uh, Nerlens Noel to back him up. By the way. Exactly. Oh my God. Oh Nerlens and Chris Stapps. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, so many things that should have happened. Hey, okay, so uh, 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 before we go, uh, another kind of like what if, so we're saying these three are, are the big kind of three young guys. Uh, of of the other guys, who's the, who who has the best chance to maybe shock us all and jump in that? We're talking Jokic, we're talking Miles Turner. Uh, uh, you can throw some more names in there if you want. If there's, Is there one guy who you can be like, yeah, I can see him maybe vying for that top three conversation? I, I think I'm going to go with Jokic. Uh, he, he doesn't have that superstar MVP upside, but I, I think he really does have the ability to be a Marc Gasol-type player. And there was a, a one- or two-year stretch there where Gasol was the best center in the league. He just has that well-rounded game, the passing. Um, I, I think he can His make passing's it. passing's insane. Oh, it's, it's, it's He's just chilling there in the amazing. high post so, and just, like, tossing it down at people, like, over people's outstretched arms. That's... that's yeah, and, and with the combo guards and stuff Denver has, I, I think they have the potential to have just a truly potent offense with so many guys that oh, can initiate Jamal the Murray, offense. So, so I, I can see I can see Jokic kind of being that guy um, that, that really makes a mark on the league for one or two years and kind of surprises people. Uh, is there any... I'm gonna go. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go. Miles Turner. Uh, I I really really like the the kid. He's he's always forgotten. When we talk great young, uh, great young potential big men, and uh, he's shooting the three very well now. He's he can mm-hmm. he's blocking shots. I think he's the perfect complement for for Paul George, and he is he is like up there. We say Clint Capella is the perfect modern center. Miles actually is because he he can shoot. And, and Clint's great, and I think Clint is one of those guys, too, in a couple of years. While we might talk about these other guys as upper echelon franchise guys, Clint might be, you know, as far as the modern center, he's giving, he might be giving you 15 and 12 here and, you know, just gobbling up everything around the rim and, you know, shooting 75, 8% from the floor because he's doing like DeAndre Jordan, which is just amazing. But, yeah, Miles Turner, um, I, I really like his game. He's, 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 he's getting stronger. He's getting better as a defender. And I think they're they're a piece away. You know what's funny? Indiana turned it around by putting Monta Ellis on the bench, and I think they're really take off once they trade Monta and get him out of there. Well, um, actually, I'm gonna have to agree with you uh, with Turner. So if, if you're adding Turner into the mix, who has the high? I'm probably giving away, but who has the highest three point percentage? Even though it's a small sample, it's actually mile. It's actually miles um, now, man. It's sure it's 41 percent for the year. Yeah, 
Yeah, and shooting, he's shooting 80% of for a free throw. That matters is a big. And he's over two blocks in like 29 minutes. It's a... I think it's a frustrating thing because we're talking the first half, you know, Paul George and how he's having a frustrating year and maybe he should, you know, have better leadership there. But, you know, it's kind of like Justin was saying, young players as good and as flashy as they are, aren't, don't help that much until they learn to really put it all together on a consistent level. And, and I think Mm -hmm. when you watch Indiana, they kind of go the way Miles Turner goes, the way I see them. Like when he's, when he's having a good game, he's like, yeah. And like um, I'll take a, um, a quote off you, James. You're saying good Russ, bad Russ. When he's having a good Miles game, this is a legitimate team. Like, and 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 it seems like Teague almost plays off Turner. Like when Turner plays well, then Teague plays well, and they have a big three, and then that plays well. But when he doesn't, it's kind of like Paul George is all alone, and he remembers the days where he had help, and 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 mentally it, it kind of hurts him because he looks around on those days to the other superstars in the East. And he's like, they all, uh, they all, all have consistent all-stars. He's just wishing for a little bit of consistency. I don't know. All right. Hey, I know we're, we're running out of time here. So I'm, I want to, I'm going to propose, I'm going to throw you a curveball now. Quick lightning round. Both you guys ready. All right. Yep. I'm going to go back and forth. All right. <clears throat> so we'll start with Justin. Justin, Andre Drummond for Miles Turner. Would Detroit do it? Would Detroit Five, do it? I think so. Yeah. Four, three. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Phil, would they do Andre Drummond for Steven Adams? Yes. Five. Four. No. Think so? No. I think they would too, dude. I, I think, I think Detroit's better with Steven Adams. They, they might be, but free you're not giving a up a better. franchise a guy and, and the face of the franchise at this point. But, it's I mean, a tough you trade to, to do because of PR. Yes. You're, you're not making the playoffs. You're not making the playoffs if you do that. You think? Oh, do you think Andre Drummond's better player than Stephen Adams? I do not, but I, I think Andre Drummond is capable of having much better games than Stephen Adams does, and he has a lot more upside. I, I think Stephen Adams has a higher floor, um, but they need the big games that Drummond can provide if they're going to actually win games with that flawed now, roster. I, I agree with you when we say bigger bigger games because it's. A, I think is you're he not the Demar Derozan of centers. But I watched, I watched, I watched Stephen Adams last night. Chase down Mike Conley on a fast break and scare him away from the rim. Oh no, I saw guard that him straight up and then block his three pointer. The day I see Drummond do something, what? Well, no, I remember Drummond picking Dwayne Wade's pocket twice back to back a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But for his size and athleticism, because he's actually one of the most athletic players, not just big man, he's one of the most athletic players in the league. He's a pretty piss poor defender. Oh his yeah, he's, he's awful. And so we're in year what? What are we in year for Drummond? Year three? Year four? I want to say year four, or five, or yeah. six. He, Holy crap! Year five? It's Drummond's I think year it's five, because he was drafted the same I mean, year as uh, Dion Waiters. Okay, so I'm starting to think that. I mean, w- when do we start saying okay? When do we start saying no matter yeah, what he is offensively and athletically? Fifth year. Well, I mean that was part of the criticism with Drummond. Like a big reason why I was scared of him on draft night was the story was that he hated basketball. Like he, <laughs> he just didn't have a passion for the game. And and while he he's, he can obviously play, I I just don't think the commitments there. Um, at, at the level needed for him to really be a franchise cornerstone. So when do we start actually saying, like, Enos Cantor? Now they're just like, all right, he's not a good defender. How long do you guys give Drummond before that's just going to be the verdict? Kind of getting there. Like, I, I don't think oh. he's always going to be a terrible defender for the rest of his career, but I don't think he's going to be like a Dwight Howard. 
And that's going to be the downfall of Detroit right there. I think it sounds uh, like a perfect trade. Um, you add some assets and go get yourself a DeMarcus Cousins because he sounds like a perfect Sacramento King. Bookie's not going Whatever. anywhere. I just want, I just want Drummond there. <laughs> all right, I think we, uh, I think we had all the wickets, guys. I think that's it. Go take a Gatorade shower because uh, we, we won this game. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, James. I'll even thank myself. This was good talks. Talking about some kids. Talking about some hoops. We'll catch you next time on the Away Team Podcast. He just thanked himself. What an arrogant son of a bitch. <laughs> I, do, I do as I do. Wow, you are the worst. Ryan, keep all this in here. I want everybody to know how terrible, terrible human feel being. Is. Why do I even exist? That's terrible.